And, uh, and we want to give a big heads up to our mums today and uh, we'd like our, f our focus of, of what I'm even sharing now of how great is our God, his unfailing love. Our mothers um, share such a significant part of that. I'm not sure about some of those descriptions of, of, of our mums and I'm not sure whether you should go and tell your mum that she looks like a truck or that she looks like a, uh, a ship. Um, it, really needs that, um, it really needs that clarification, doesn't it, which was given, which was just beautiful. Um, the word love, though, has become so commonplace. And I want you to think of three things, three, three loves that you have. For instance, um, I love my dearly beloved, sitting there in, in, in front of us here. Um, I love mangoes. I love uh, Linnell's cooking and, and all the frilly bits she, that she does on, on, on plates, you know, in, in that cooking process. And, and as I think about what I've just shared with you, two of those things have been focused on food, which doesn't um, bode too well, does it? But um, I want you to think of three things of, of uh, love, um, what I love. I love such and such and share it with the person beside you. Three things. Go for it. You've only got one minute. <laughs> I hope those of you online are watching, uh, are thinking and sharing those three things as well. All right, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk because now it's my turn to talk and, and, um, and just to invite you to, to uh, listen quietly as we, as we share together. As you reflect on those three things that you shared, um, it's, it, you can recognise that that love is, we, we use the word love for so many different uh, things and situations. And uh, Chaim Pintura, Bentura, in his book, Rakam, The Love That Is Beyond Love, shares how the word love has become so commonplace that it can have little impact um, to hear the words, God loves you. Because we think of all those different descriptors of, of love that we, that we have embodied and taken on board in our lives, and it really waters down the, the, the real impact of what love really is. And perhaps we need a new word to take on board. Um, maybe we take on board that you are cherished by God. Does that give a, a, a different picture to God loves you? And so we'll speak more to that shortly, but to me, another amazing clarifier is to experience that love for oneself through family, through family relationships. And mums tend to be the naturals at this. And I've invited two of my friends, uh, Lauren and Lee, and I'll share as well, a little window into our mums that remind us of, of Jesus, God, in their unfailing love for us. And even though for each of us, our mums have died, their love lingers on in our lives. I invite you to, to watch as Lauren shares with us this morning uh, via video. It's always interesting talking about mums. My mum wasn't brought up in a Christian home. Uh, she was 13 when she came out from England by ship. And it wasn't until they met some Adventist Christians at Ipswich 
Adventist church that they decided they wanted to become a Christian family. So I think my mum's idea of how God loves was very much shaped by the people she saw rather than her parents, rather than her family. It was shaped by strangers who took them in, literally helped them with jobs and clothes and food when they had first arrived. If I fast forward that to how I see God's love, I guess mum had a really massive influence on how I do see God, how I see his love uh, poured out, I guess, in my life and those around me. Once mum became that Christian and, you know, very Adventist, became vegetarian straight away and, and started going to church on Saturdays and, and did everything, she had a passion. And by the time she was 17, only four years later, she decided when she left school that all she wanted to do was to work for this new Christian church that she'd started becoming part of. She started working at the conference office as a secretary and she continued that job for her whole life until she passed away. It was a love and a passion, the people, the God she served, the effort, the time, as all of our pastors, ministers, teachers, church workers at large do. And I'm sure other people in other areas as well, but they put in so much overtime, so much extra time, not for money, but because they're working towards a cause. They're trying to spread the name of Jesus to everybody around them. And mum did that in her way. She loved so many things about her job, especially big camp and organizing that and placing people out. And I remember these huge maps of camps sitting in our lounge room where she would move families around and, and try and get them into the right spots until everybody was as happy as she could possibly make them. So for me, my idea of what God looked like, how his love was poured out to people around me was shaped by my mum's passion for him for doing whatever she could. I get asked by people, quite often actually, why I'm involved in the church as much as I am on different boards, school and aged care and church and union and over the years. It's because of mum. It's because of what she showed me. It's because she showed me a life where you would give back to the church, which had given her and my family so much, to a God who loves unconditionally and gave the ultimate sacrifice. For her, she couldn't do enough to spread the word of Jesus to everybody around her. The values she passed down to her children, my brother and I, were the same. You can never do too much to help God spread the word. He doesn't need us, she always would tell me. He didn't need her to work at the conference office or to do what she did. But she always called it a blessing. A blessing he gave to her to help spread his word to everybody, or at least her little part of the world. I guess I saw the love of God flow through her to other people in that way. And I've picked that up and it's almost my mark of respect to my own mum now. Since she can't do it herself anymore to try and pick up where she left off and to help the church as much as I can in my little ways and help spread the love of God to other people around in that way. There's so many different areas we could we could do to help the church or, or Christianity to spreading the word. But I saw her take the love of God in a very specific way and pass that to other people. If I can do her any justice in what she started and wasn't able to complete in her lifetime, I guess one day I, I hope that she'll be proud of 
of what we've been able to do and, and what we've been able to pick up. But more importantly, when I get to meet her again one day in heaven will be to hopefully see, hope that she gets to see that the love of God has been spread out in my own way based on what she showed me. My way may be a little bit more sarcastic than hers. It may be a little less reverent than hers. But she taught me that God's love was the most important thing. It's a great legacy that she's left. I hope that I can do it justice. I hope that other people are touched by the love of God because of something that we've been able to help be passed on. Happy Mother's Day. few words. My mum passed away after a stroke in 2014 and I guess the times you miss them most since that time is Friday nights when you call home. Her life showed our family that she always had enough love for us all and uh, I'm reminded of her 60th wedding anniversary. Um, she was rec recounting the birth of her first child and she said, however would she have enough love for any other child? But when the second came along, she had the same amount of love for him. Then again the third, luckily that was me. Fourth and then the fifth. She loved us all equally with no favourites. And I just want to say God's like that. She reminds me that God is like that. There's no favourites with God. My mum always wanted the best for us. And God wants the best for us too. We just have to let him love us. Oh, thanks so much, uh, Lauren and Lee. I should have taken a leaf out of Lauren's book and done my little sharing of my mum via video as well, I suspect, um, because my mum also passed away, like um, like each of, uh, like for Lauren and for Lee, um, some years back now, but still, um, still missed, and and still uh, wish we could uh, we could just ring her up and then chat to her or call in and see her. Um, from time to time. Mum was a um, mum, mama, uh, known to our, our children, was a lady who left a hope-filled legacy. Um, any observer of her life could gain many insights as to what Jesus was really like. She was born the fourth daughter in the family. Uh, she was called Win because her mum felt that she would need to win her dad's love which she certainly did. She was very gifted with words especially and anyone challenging at her, her with uh, scrabble or up words would soon be humbled uh, by her wordsmith ability. Her teacher had been Bob Parr and that probably had an influence there. Bob Parr incidentally was a, an editor of the record for, for many years. But mum's words were never used to criticise or to demean, only to build up others. She wasn't an orator and she shied away from public performance. Her emotions would get the better of her uh, there and it's something probably that has been passed on to us siblings and we've inherited uh, her emotional um, trait which, uh, which we love but are also challenged by from time to time. Mum had an attention to detail 
If it was good enough for Jesus to, to, to fold his bedclothes, it's good enough for you, um, she, would show, she would say. And um, I still do to this day. <laughs> she had an eye of appreciation for the little things that often go unnoticed in our rush of life. Some phone convos, I would wish for her to cut the, to the chase, but she would continue to share how many agapanthers had um, come out in the garden or the brilliance of the colours of the various flowers. Mum lived an unhurried life and did what she felt impressed to do or say irrespective of agendas, often testing our patience in family, which was a gift in itself. Jesus was similarly unhurried in his, in his ministry. He journeyed at the pace of love. On two recorded occasions, people died while waiting for his arrival. The blessing was that he was the one that was the life giver. Mum, Mama, was always very sympathetic to the needs of others, irrespective of race, gender or creed. And the adventure that we had of ministry in the Pacific suited her to a T. Her nursing skills went far beyond just the physical to the emotional and the spiritual. And there are new, numerous examples that I could give of that description. She was just tireless in her care of others. There was love that was being expressed in her life that went way beyond any duty. I think of one such in Nadine Ferris who was dying of cancer. And um, mum was there for her every step of the painful process. Another couple going through marriage breakup and mum was there providing a, a nurturing stability for the children as if they were her own. Going back um, to places that mum and dad ministered has been an absolute privilege that I've, in, uh, I, I've had in my life. I can hear numerous Fijians saying, Isa, Mrs Cobbin, with reverential awe in their expression. Their ministry on Pitcairn Island, where mum birthed eight children on the island, uh, eight Pitcairn Island children, that is, um, over 60 years ago, is still remembered. Um, I was able to gain ready acceptance when I actually went to that community in, in more recent years on the back of their wonderful ministry that had taken place there. And Dad would readily admit to Mum being the real strength behind his ministry, of being able to minister where the rubber meets the road of people's real needs. Another way in which my mum reminds me of Jesus was in her attitude of praise and singing. Losing her ability to sing was a source of great frustration to her in late life. But one of the songs that we often had in, in worship as kids was, let our hearts be always cheerful. And um, it's one that's uh, stuck with us. A psalm that I shared with mum um, and that she uh, relished herself was Psalm 146 that says, Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. I'll sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Mum's last sermon was to us her immediate family, where she refused to die until we're all together in a bond of love and connection. And that's how she left us. But if, if mum were able to um, share something with us today, it would be forget about things. Just love. Just love each other as Jesus has loved you. Even so, love each other. The legacy that my mum 
left us as family was one of authenticity, hope, and response to the gospel of Jesus. What a legacy that we want to live on in our family. I want to take on board in, in my life, just as Lauren and Lee want to take on board in their lives. So, we're giving focus today, and um, just briefly, in, in focus on the unfailing love of our God. And last week, we looked at how great is our God in his creativity, and Joe shared the incredible beauty and complexity of creation from, 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 from the minutest to, to, the, to the macro level of things. And today, we just want to unpack a snippet of this love that God has for each one of us, his unfailing love that he has. And it's, uh, he, he's created, at the peak of his creation, he's created you and me as humankind in, in that image of his love. And he's gifted us. He's gifted us with mothers who bear that image for us. The psalmist shares, well, here's, here's a picture of um, um, our, our family at our, our wedding. And, um, and there's my immediate family with my siblings and there's mum there. Um, and this next one is the a picture that I just relish in my mind's eye of, of my mother. You can see the love there in her eyes, can't you? There's a, um, a beautiful picture that's, that's painted in the Psalms that says, um, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. And the psalmist has tried to put into words what, 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 what he himself has experienced of this incredible love that, that God has um, for, for each one of us. And, and it's, your love, our Lord, is as vast as the heavens. And Jesus came down from that vastness of space, uh, from, from the heavens, and he came down in humility. He became human, taking yours and my place. I love the way the boys shared, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Because it was in that humility of Jesus that that unfailing love of God was shown to the nth degree for you and for me, taking our place, dying in our stead, the death that we deserved, that we might have the abundant life that was his. And I love what Paul says in Ephesians 2, in verse 4, where he says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. And he adds, It's only by God's grace that you and I have been saved. There's the gift, there's the unfailing love on display, but not just on display, available for us to grasp hold of, to take on board for ourselves the incredible unfailing love of our great God. Most Bible scholars today believe that Jesus and his disciples didn't speak Greek in their normal day-to-day um, -day talk, but rather they spoke a dialect of Aramaic, and Aramaic is difficult to translate um, because there's not much of it um, around in today's world. But there's a growing school of thought that the original manuscripts of the Gospels were written in Aramaic and then translated into Greek um, a, a, a short time later. But as we think of this, it's interesting to go to the Aramaic translation of a couple of the verses about love. And when you do that you see that the word that's used for love is different in, in, in different situations. Let me go there. 
you and I know that this text uh, so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only uh, son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ties in very closely with that Ephesians 2, 4 text, doesn't it? God so loved the world. The, the Aramaic of that um, word there, love, is the word chav. I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing it right, but C-H-A-V. And, uh, and, and then when we come to another, another uh, passage that talks about love, then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord, in, in um, John 21 and verse 7. The word that's used there for love is a, a, a different word. It's no longer chav. It's a word, uh, rakam. Not sure whether I, I can't get that guttural sound right, but R A C H A M. And so we have these two words, shav and rakam. And, and you wonder, well, is, is God's love different in different situations? Is there some differential to the way that God loves? And um, Contra to what, um, what Lauren was saying in, 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 in what he shared about his mum and, and about God's love. Is God, is, is, is God precious and, and, and he treats some people differently to others in terms of his love? Well, it's, it, it's interesting as we look deeper, we come to realise that the main difference between those two words, the chav of John 3.16 and the rakam, of, of, of John 21 is 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 that um, the disciple whom Jesus loved is a love that's not necessarily it's not necessarily returned and so when it says God so loved the world chav uh, it's it's saying that yes God's doing the loving but it's not necessarily being returned whereas for the, for the disciple that Jesus loved, the, the relationship is twofold. And the love's not only being given, but the love is being returned. And, and so there's a completion to the love that's taking place. And so it's not that God loves anyone any the less, but he's just inviting for all of us to take on board his love and then, and then reciprocate that love in, in, in our response of love to our God. It's a reciprocal love where we can personally come to know that not only does it express the capacity of God's heart to love, chav, but it's also his yearning to be loved in return, rakam, reciprocal. And so when we receive God's offer of salvation and, and turn to him in love and say, I love you, his love is being made complete because it's being given, but then being received as well. And he rejoices, God rejoices. Why do the angels rejoice over one person who repents as the Bible, as the Gospels share? The same reason that you and I might cry at a wedding. You're rejoicing over seeing the joy that's shared between two people, not just one, who have found each other in love and who share that love, returning it to each other. And so you and I, humble, little frail human beings, have the ability to bring incredible joy to the heart of God, the God of the universe, simply by our responding wholeheartedly with, I love you, Lord. I love you. And then giving room for the Holy Spirit to enable us to respond in loving ways, not just to God, but to our fellow human beings. So here's the take home, friends. Let's love our mums. Or remember our mum's love for us, especially this weekend. 
but not only just this weekend. Let's also recognise that it's not just a, 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 a chave, one-way love, but that, that it's a fullness that comes in, in our reciprocity of rakam love, where it's love that's shared and the gift can go on in its legacy to others. To love our mums back. And let's also be refreshed by our God of unfailing love and recognise that unfailing love that God has for us and respond to him with rakam in how we do community together. And my friends, I don't know about you, but I love the fact that we have our children back here worshipping with us, not just in church, but also in, in, in the Sabbath school time slot. And we have our, the, the group that gathers here and the group that gathers there in the Lovell Hall. And, and it, it, has, it has meant a lot of extra work for our children's ministry teams. And, in, 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 and, and heads up to them for the incredible work that they do. And I think just a, an applause for that um, is just... <laughs> because where would we be without our children? Um, our church would be dead. And so we love having our, our children in our congregation as part of who we are. We want to nurture them and mentor them and, uh, and have them playing our instruments and leading out in our worship and contributing in worship in the various ways. But in order for that to take place, we also need a little bit of rakam, love on everyone's part. We all need to put back in to what we get. And, and we would love, if, 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 you, if you want to do an analysis of your own of, of your own spiritual journey or your own spiritual input here at, at Springwood Church, if you're a church member here. How much do I give and how much do I take in terms of what takes place here on a Sabbath morning or, or through the week? And perhaps to just do that little bit of analysis and say, well, perhaps there's more that God's inviting me to, to input back into church life, input back into our, our big church family so that together we can all grow in Christ and see that unfailing love that's there for us and all grow in him and experience him and be able to give back to our community that same love that's been so freely given to each one of us. And so, if God's prompting you to say, hey, I want to put up my hand, I want to do something more in church life, come and see us, come and see us, come and be part of this community of, of God's grace that's operating here at Springwood Church. Those of you who are worshipping from afar, I invite the same for you with your, your communities of faith. To, to, to give back what's been given you. Let's not just be a one-way street. Let's make it a, a two-way thing where love can be complete. God bless you, each one, as you take on board the unfailing love of God in personal life. <laughs>